This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I'm going to go pee real quick, but I'll be right back and we'll do this thing. You got to keep that in. (laughs) It has to be official and it has to be urine. (laughs) That's so perfect. Best, best drop of anyone who says they have to go to pee. It was one, two, three. That was... <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. If your business paper needs or Dundermiff, then the people purses paper people Dundermiff, then the people purses paper people Dundermiff, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of the office by fans of the office. <laughs> I, I <laughs> try it again. Do it again. No, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I'm your host. Oh, sorry. Wait. I don't even know keep where it going. I left off. <laughs> Who are we you? Keep going. Uh, I, I'm your host and heinous culprit, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's volunteer sheriff's deputy. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I need clean urine for the lady. Every week we get together to talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, This week for our main topic, we'll be covering the episode Drug Testing, uh, which is a super fan Peacock episode now. So we'll be talking about deleted scenes as well. Uh, Then we'll finish up with some ordinary things where we discuss how we sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) I usually read two chapters of a book and it slides out by 9 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll really finish up with uh, some listener-provided trivia provided by CJ. Thank you, CJ. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's jump into drug testing. I don't think we have any business to cover at the top before that. So, Just drug a- te- Dude, where's my office? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the episode today. I was smoking doobies <laughs> with my brothers. This is a rough, rough opening here, but we're discussing drug testing season two, episode 20. Uh, this was written by Jen Salata, directed by Greg Daniels, and it aired on April 27th, 2006. The week of 420. Nice. Or a week after 420, this one came out, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that actually means that an episode probably did air on 420 because it's seven days later. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> let's we could talk about that for the next hour. <laughs> uh, uh, but drug testing—it's a great episode that comes right near the end of season two. I think one of my favorite little runs in the series is this this episode run at the end of season two. Kind of, I mean, you can pick wherever you want, but for me, um, between Take Your Daughter to Work Day all the way through Casino Night at the end of season two is just like a great run of episodes. Um, and, the, and drug testing is is 
classic season two, mm-hmm. it's pure Ugh. season two. It's it's self-resolves. There's really only two plots, which is all of season two. One of the plots, every episode is Jim and Pam and then whatever else Michael is going Dwight. on. Michael and Dwight day. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And this is just pure. It's perfect. You get some really good tension between Jim and Pam, but you also get Dwight just acting like an insane person all day long. Great episode. It is yeah. a it is a it, kind of a cousin to the healthcare episode where uh, Jim says this is the smallest amount of power I've ever seen go to someone's head, uh, <laughs> and we get to see that again in full regalia uh, for, with the mm-hmm. costume and everything. Um, so uh, or the uniform and everything, I, I should say. Um, yeah, the uniform. But uh, but uh, but yeah. So a uh, fantastic episode, and I'm excited to dig into it with you guys. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. This is a very pure Office episode um, with really just two... uh, Like all that tainted shit later on. In season nine and so on. But... but, (laughs) All that cut, just cut with garbage in there. That is pure season two, baby, right to the dome. Mm. Just... So good. Not a lot of people have this quality Office. The, The... a plot, I would say, for this episode, of, of course, is uh, as it turns out uh, that Dwight <laughs> finding drugs is more dangerous than most people using drugs. Uh, it's cute, though. <laughs> Dwight uh, finds a joint in the parking lot, uh, giving him the opportunity to solve an actual crime, <laughs> which is what all lawmen live for, apparently. What a, what a dated episode already, right? Mm-hmm. Right, guys? Yes. <laughs> weed? I'm talking about weed, guys. I, I wonder, I, I actually don't, uh, I did not look up uh, Pennsylvania's uh, uh, weed legalization status before this, but uh, let's see. Go ahead and look it up. It is not known how many office robberies <laughs> take place every second because there is no Wikipedia page and Wikipedia entry for office robbery <laughs> statistics. Um, oh, everybody, Oscar found a reason to look on WebMD. Part of the ahead, reason Sean. this invest this, Dwight's investigation is so great is because it, it sets up one-on-ones with all these different characters. He gets to talk to Oscar, to Jim, to Phyllis, to Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a point in the show when we haven't met, we don't know all of the ensemble characters nearly as well. Um, it's really nice to take the time and have these funny interactions with Dwight um, as he kind of uh, re- like revels in his power uh, and, and, and continues his investigation. So that's one episode or one uh, aspect of this that I really loved. Yeah, I I mean it's fabulous um Dwight uh being completely ignorant and completely fascist at the same time. It's 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 it's, it's Dwight taking something really seriously that no one else is, which is at the heart is a heartbeat of this show. There of of many, but that is one that uh sustains itself all the way through the end of the series is every now and then Dwight's just like this is very important and everyone says, "Come on, Dwight." Um, this is the, a fully blossomed version of that early on. Dwight actually has quite a, a, a forensics kit, I would say, with Dude. the little cones it's and the. Wild. I mean, the tripod with the neon stick <laughs> sh- showing the the path. He's got a like better kit than they had in like Dexter. Yeah, like, I like think full it, on forensics team. I think he's, it comes back it out again during murder. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. Chalk yeah. outlines. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a dead uh, I, body, and these are my brain chunks. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I mean, this is another instance where Dwight's uh, sort of commitment to the office kind of grounds the show 
he is doing this because he loves the law, because he loves the office, and uh, he's protecting it in his way. Um, so yes. he, he's, he's full law and order here. here. Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah, he's he, he is. Um, he's not inconveniencing his coworkers. He's merely looking out for their own safety and their own well-being, and he truly, honestly believes that. Now, is it also an excuse to? dress up like a cop and act like one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Dwight is rocked up this whole episode. He's <laughs> like, there's some talking heads at the super fan cut where he's just pacing in the conference room, which you, you, if it's a talking head in the conference room, they're always sitting against the same wall. Yeah. And, like mm-hmm. ev- always. It was crazy to see like that. That's how into it. Like Dwight was yes. talking about it sitting there and he had to get up. He's talk about, he's, he's just like, he's into it. Um, yeah. I, and he's like, yeah, sometimes this, it doesn't end well on CSI, but that's the risk he's taking. I mean, it is. It's fabulous because it's like Dwight doesn't even know. Um, he he has like really no education on the subject at all. Creed says that's Northern totally Lights ill-equipped. cannabis indica. Completely <laughs> ill-equipped to do this. Has yeah. no idea what he's saying. I, th- I think the the reason these one-on-ones are so funny is because they all begin with the same sort of premise where Dwight calls them in and he has all the power in the conversation. And then we get to see that slowly get flipped in every instance. So when uh, when it happens with Creed and Creed identifies it, Dwight puts his head in his hands and goes, no, it's marijuana. So <laughs> like he's he realized that, oh, Creed, does, that Creed knows what he's talking about. Or with Phyllis, when he slides it across the table and Phyllis says, he says, how do you know that? It's labeled. <laughs> He picks it up. Damn it. Yeah. Like there is an element of uh he give like his power gets slowly undermined in every instance. When he says to Oscar, Have you ever pooped a balloon? Oh god. O- Oscar just gets up and, and leaves. Several it- moments in this uh episode have the boom mic turned up really high, mm-hmm. uh, which is always funny to me in this show several of those moments in this one what you just said edwin and notably the uh yeah like i need your urine i need clean urine for the lady to an alicia keys concert (laughs) they were smoking clove cigarettes and i'm sure it was clove cigarettes are you here's a discussion (laughs) question to get uh, okay uh do you guys think it was clove cigarettes do you think uh michael actually did smoke a j at this alicia keys concert Yes, I don't think people people don't pass around close cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah, that was my thought. People don't smoke close cigarettes unless mm-hmm. you're me, freshman year of college, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'll try everything. Sure, what's that? <laughs> it's gross, by the way. Don't do so gross. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. They were. The I, there's a reason I tried them for two months freshman year. They're very sweet. Uh, crackle a little bit this i mean this whole interrogation with dwight there's even some i mean there's a there's a deleted scene with pam that is spectacular where pam basically it i think i here i think i got the quote here she's like she's like well it's really hard to remember last night because i was a teensy bit high and then he's just like oh Dwight stiffens up. Yeah, he's like, whoops, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's okay, go ahead. She's like, I know that I shouldn't have done it, but I was in the parking lot at the quick and easy. And then Dwight is like, ah. (laughs) Dwight's taking it so seriously, that conversation, that he's he goes to the emotional roller coaster of like a fisherman on a hard catch. (laughs) He's like, 
Oh my god, I got a nibble. Don't freak out. Like, I can get this. <laughs> Go ahead. He's like, he creates a safe space yeah, for him yeah. to talk a little bit. <laughs> yeah. and like, he's really trying hard. It's some and true then, detective. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like what we see in, you know, the, the confessional videos in Making a Murderer mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> then, it's okay. Go ahead. And then, she, <laughs> and then she wasn't there, yeah. and he's just like, oh, God, away. I took a bong hit from my bong water with bong my water? pimp. <laughs> You don't crack a case, you solve a case. There's a pejorative connotation. It's like calling a policeman a cop. And I did solve this case. The case of the beat bandit. Culprit, yeah. Moe's, and socks. <laughs> I think, I, I echoing back to what you said, Edwin, of like this sort of almost check-in with every character between Dwight and, and them. Um, it's, it's just such a lovely plot device because you get... You just touch on it's like this check in near the end of season two of like a couple things. One is like the the little look Angela gives Dwight is so precious, is so great. I watched this one with Anne um, when we were prepping for it, and she was she loved this episode, and that that moment got a big reaction from her. Which uh, which look from it's Angela? Such a saucy, well, because oh, it's it's the saucy one when Dwight is in and it's just like. I know you're innocent, but I need to make it look yes. like I'm not giving you special mm-hmm. treatment. Yeah, like, yeah. Where were you yesterday after work? Yeah, yeah. I know they're both <laughs> just a little eyebrow. They're raise. both so turned on this episode. I feel like <laughs> they are <laughs> not necessarily to each other. Just there's a in general. There's a deleted uh, uh, line with Angela, which is a. Uh, she's like, I used to. I don't even know if this was in the super fan episode, but she's like. Uh, I used to run, and I would get a runner's high, which is why I now I lift. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the bloopers, which, by the way, yeah. the bloopers for this episode are <laughs> just <laughs> incredible. I, I mean, it's a lot of Rain Wilson <laughs> just losing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but of course, I mean, just on the topic of the interrogations, uh, Jim's <laughs> interrogation break is one is is one of my favorite Jim prank moments, I think. <laughs> Just Exactly. How much pot did you smoke? The, 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 the look that Dwight gives where he kind of blinks and just like all of a sudden is unsure of himself. Hilarious. I feel like a lot of a lot of scenes in season two end with Dwight making some version of that face. It feels very like Looney Tunes almost. Like yeah. Bugs, oh! Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, totally rabbit season, mm-hmm. duck season, like flipping it around on him, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. which which is fun to see. And again, you get to see um, what what does Pam say that Jim is when it, Jim is excited about something, he he's so invested and he's so great, but he works here so that it never happens. Mm-hmm. Like that's a moment where where Jim sort of rises to the occasion as far mm-hmm. as uh, yeah. as far as pranking Dwight goes, and and I like that that is is conversational. It's not um. Yeah. It's yeah. not a. It's not anything like. It's not a physical prank like some of his others. You know, reminiscent of the. Uh, uh, what's the not Seymour Butts, but the phone call that he has with. Uh, Butlicker. Yes, Butlicker. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all, all of Dwight's investigations, uh, of course, are kind of dancing around Michael, who um, is sort of trying to stay out of the spotlight uh, by putting himself in the spotlight, <laughs> yes. which is a classic Michael Scott move. Uh, but he, of course, breaks this news to eventually to Dwight about this concert he attended. Well, we we hear about it first, um, and his uh, Michael is so 
afraid yet so um he's absolutely blundering his this entire thing of trying to look not guilty uh he looks incredibly guilty by somehow asserting that because he's so anti-drug of course he should not even be tested and i think when dwight is able to reel in the resources to actually have someone come in and do testing per corporate policy like finally the system works for dwight once in the way that he wants it to uh same day testing service pretty amazing uh and michael is a little i don't think he was expecting that and spends the rest of the episode flailing uh from that recoil of like oh my god they're actually coming in well michael has to cover up for the fact that he he went so hard after dwight at the very beginning calling him a narc um which oh yeah 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 such a funny test a thing to have to recover from yeah no one came to dwight's defense (laughs) nobody (laughs) I love to that. I mean, I'm thinking of, um, you know, obviously Michael uh, call, calling Dwight an arc and going through that whole thing. I was smoking doobies with my brothers. Peace out, Seacrest. Well, I your love office is right there. <laughs> I love those moments where they, it just hangs in the air for a minute. And Jim has to say something to, to well, what? Holly's back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or there's there's one in, um, I think, when Michael walks up and goes, hey, 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 fat halberd. Jim Halpert. And Jim gives this like little like sideways cringe to the camera and it just kind of hangs there for a second. Um, that's a good another good one. Well, your office is right behind you. <laughs> you got to do something, man. You can't just sit there. <laughs> um, so I love that. And one, one of the things that, that I really liked about this episode was it's a very is the portrayal of Kevin. I think the portrayal of Kevin, he's still characterized mm. as Kevin, but he's done so in a way that isn't as hey. <laughs> isn't as comedically broad as it is i think in other parts of the show so much of kevin's humor in the early season is just like a one word reaction where he's hey <laughs> or when he giggles at michael's joke it's it's funny pretty funny michael no what do you really <laughs> funny michael yeah really yeah he's like, <laughs> i love that really mm-hmm. funny awesome like those those reactions are so kevin in the early mm-hmm. seasons um and you don't you we, oh. that isn't the way that kevin is depicted or portrayed later on you know the delight michael has when he comes back out narc remember kevin yep. narc <laughs> <laughs> really he's funny just, michael <laughs> he's, he's got one that's all he needs yeah i mean i guess speaking of kevin like it, it is fun to see i mean I, I you know i always kind of forget where where in season two you really start to see all these personalities come out but like this is a great episode for kelly too like Mm -hmm. i her i I, you know we'll get to the b plot but her talking jim's ear off and um and also again being questioned by dwight (laughs) tell it He's this like, is this not, is not Kelly, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly Kapoor's story hour. They uh they they really let Kelly kind of run in this episode. They give yeah. her op- opportunities to talk a lot, and uh, it does mm-hmm. a great job in drawing her mm-hmm. character. Kind of reminds yeah. me of the val like they do this similarly in Valentine's Day earlier in this season. Um, just giving her a lot of runway to yeah. fill the space. And they were all uh, saying chug, 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 <laughs> and I said, "I've only had a pretzel today. Can I sip it?" And they said, "No." <laughs> but Ryan seemed cool with it. Yeah. Uh, they. Uh, in the Superfan cut, we see an extended conversation when Kelly has cornered Jim uh, while while Jim is on his uh, jinx silence, mm-hmm. which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. 
But Kelly, of course, telling him a story. Pam comes in. <laughs> oh, like what's going on? And then she's then Pam just is like. Oh, Michael's doing a meeting, but that's not for a few minutes. So you guys should definitely finish your conversation. We get the rest of that conversation in the super fan. Cut. We oh, do, yeah, yeah. and and we also get um, in the super fan cut. Uh, Kelly is leaving someone on hold like all day. Low key, she like gets called away to do her Dwight interrogation, and then they have mm-hmm. the conference room meeting after that, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's, it's very funny. So, um, but uh, back to Michael and Dwight. Uh, so, of course, finally, Dwight uh, reveals that drug testers are coming to the office. Michael is now in a situation where, you know, he's trying to convince everybody that he's very anti-drug. We get, I think it's actually a deleted scene as well that Jan is calling into the conference room. meeting, meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just been there. <laughs> she's just been on. So he's just trying to make everyone think that it and 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 it fails his attempt to just be like everyone's gonna get tested and i'm not and it's really dwight is the one who's like no everyone has to get tested so yeah michael then i think he probably wanted a corporate witness is why he wanted just jan on the phone too just like just in case yes Mm -hmm. uh which leads to um dwight uh, his only option is to beg dwight for his urine and this is this cup. puts Dwight in quite a predicament, a, a very a, a moral quandary, and he struggles with it. Boy, oh boy, does he struggle with it. another? Uh, I mean, we've only seen two things, three things drive Dwight to the stairwell, and this is one of them. <laughs> uh, two of them is dejection. One of them is just getting pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> you will give me this raise. <laughs> you will give me this. Why? Raise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Uh, that or him reaching out to Jim is not there. Those are the Dwight's we get yeah, in the stairwell. Yeah, yeah. And this one is he's just he can't make. He's the sitting next to the cup. Yeah, I, I. It's great the way that Michael brings him in and and again whispers to him slowly and and Dwight again is is. Were you forced to do drugs? Yeah, he's still. I can't tell you. Then I refuse. Like Dwight has a lot of power. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> to relinquish it for Michael. Um, and uh, Angela, Angela is not on board, and uh, and that just kind of wraps it up. They get the they get the coffee mm-hmm. cup that says Michael Scott sample. I and... want him to have all the urine he needs. <laughs> and then it leads to Dwight turning in his badge at the end of the day. The way that he yeah. he gives he he makes the compromise for Michael to save his friend. Yes, a scene. In the super fan cut that really pays off uh, when he actually goes to the (laughs) station, station, turns in his badge and his uniform, which the detective or the officer there who knows Dwight clearly uh, is shocked to find that Dwight has like a real badge and a uniform. Yes. Begins recording the conversation with Dwight while Dwight regales him with all the ways he's helped out the police force over the years. Uh, (laughs) He starts starts the tape recorder building a solid case against Dwight for reckless endangerment surveillance traffic control <laughs> it 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 uh, very worrisome. It, cr- a crowd control it works very well when Dwight gets has the cop pull up behind them later in the show and says pull over you yeah. <laughs> you can <laughs> this is serious Dwight. I mean it, Dwight yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
He's throwing <laughs> we- weapons out of his window as he's driving. Yeah. Like a sword. Yeah. 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 He hands over his mace to the cop in the end, and the cop goes, you've been carrying around weapons-grade mace? <laughs> Dwight says, I've only had to use it once. <laughs> mm. And this is before the negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, of course, is um, his, his net, his safety net that Michael is there with is, of course, having Hank make him a an office op, official security supervisor of the yes. branch which hank swears him in with like a looks like a sheriff's badge you'd win at a coin machine <laughs> um <laughs> and hank dutifully goes through the whole motions of swearing him in gives him the little, the little <laughs> salute that hank gives him back yeah. is so feeble but it's so funny it is uh, funny uh, the way that dwight transitions of the show from being totally mm-hmm. hapless with his um his weapons and his authority and his position of power, like to having, uh, to becoming a, a, a real threat, and and the different moments where he kind of shows that he actually can be kind of terrifying, um, when uh, when given these these opportunities, um, <laughs> whether it's tranquilizing Stanley or terrorizing Jim with snowballs or uh, or or macing Roy, although that's um, you know defending his coworker. Um, Dwight shooting his Beaumont Adams. Yeah, 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 firing the gun in the office. Yeah, there's a there's just a number of instances of it, and this is the beginning. Dwight Dwight gets humbled so many times over the course of the show, and this is just one of many. One of the uh, one of the earlier instances. I I do want to point out too that this is a, one of my favorite, or maybe my favorite Hank line of all time is Dwight saying, uh, "Can I have a gun?" Hank says, "No, I don't have a gun." Dwight, okay, I'll have to bring in my bow staff. I don't think so. <laughs> don't, I don't think so. <laughs> that's the most that's the most security work we've ever seen Hank do. <laughs> well, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, uh yeah, that's that's I mean, kind of the A plot there. Mm-hmm. And Michael doesn't learn his lesson. <laughs> yeah, of course. Season two, baby. Yeah. Season two. That's that's what I it's like all to wrapped see. Up at the that's end. what I like to see. No growth. It's- <laughs> This episode's done. Dusts his hands off. Goes back to work. The B plot. Here I go again. Dot dot dot. <laughs> the B plot for this episode is G- kind of in line with the drug testing. Um, is that Jim and Pam fiendishly search for Coke so that Jim can get his voice back? Well, Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know the way you for Jim and Pam fiendishly search for coke. It was a it while was... Dwight's doing drug testing. It's more of a creed thing, don't you? Th- don't you think? Jinx, buy me some coke. Yeah, that's a bit funny. That was a. Jim it was a Pam bit of a trying joke to score there. Mm-hmm. trying to score some coke on the same day that Dwight's doing all this. Yeah, you you kind of you sort of explained my my joke there, but yes, uh, Jim. Uh, sure, I did. Yeah, yeah, sorry. uh, Jim is uh, jinxed and therefore cannot speak. He has to buy a Coca-Cola, which the office is out of. Uh, And Pam tries to put him in as many situations she can where he has to speak or make a decision. And Jim uh, holds out, right? I mean, this is uh, not his loyalty to the game of jinx, per se, but... uh, his commitment to having fun with Pam. This episode, Jim and Pam really, really... This episode. 
brought you. <laughs> they really, really play off each other's energy, and it just keeps escalating throughout the episode. Yes. They're mm-hmm. having fun with Jim's impressions, um, and it leads to this jinx moment, and then all of a sudden, Jim, who has been uh, delighting Pam with his impressions, can no longer speak. And uh, I think this is one of the better acting performances in the show. John Krasinski Ooh. going fully nonverbal in all these different moments. And then, yeah, Pam Pam uh, joking with him to try and putting him on the spot um, with Kelly's conversation or in the conference room. Um, and, uh, and John Krasinski does great with it. Jim does great with it, handling every situation kind of gracefully. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah until, I think yeah. I would say one of Jim's uh, one of John Krasinski's greatest acting moments on the office is him doing the is him unable to speak about his aunt who had a uh who oh, that sounded like fell into the really world good. of drugs yeah. <laughs> I, I do love I, I got another one got away yeah. i love when jim is standing up and he's like oh he's doing it <laughs> oh no he's you sure like it hey it's gonna, like be that really was gonna be really good sounds a lot like uh like the dwight experience you talked about earlier when pam is giving her confession they finally got mm. one <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah uh but this is uh another gift from the super fan cut is is how how this little prank this thing he's doing with uh pam leads to an something that's unresolved without the super fan cuts which is whatever happened to brenda the woman from corporate right. from booze cruise mm-hmm. now we learn in this one that she is called she calls jim or calls him back while he's on this silent jinx and he doesn't pick up the phone, mm-hmm. holds a little sign up to the camera. Maybe she'll call back. It's just like maybe she didn't. It's a perfect. Yeah, uh, what say we don't? <laughs> <laughs> he is willing to just like close that curtain on the, that whole relationship potential. Just like nope, like just to keep this joke going with Pam for one day. Yeah, uh, which just shows where his heart is at. Um, which we already know, of course, as we said, Jim and Pam is the. A plot line to all of season two, which means it's it's a B plot in every episode. <laughs> this one, no exclusion. I mean, within that, I think you get one of the best Jim and Pam moments in the entire show, which is uh, when Pam is pressing him at the table. Yeah. You can tell me anything. It feels like there's something you want to say, but you just can't. Come on, tell me, Jim. Jim, you could tell me anything. And the way that he looks at her and his face falls, and, and they kind of she kind of realizes that mm-hmm. that there's something there, and and you know, obviously she she goes and buys him a coke. Puts it on his desk and he's able to buy it and, and speak once again. But just that little moment that they have together is uh is really powerful. Another within the that was yeah. agreed. That was another moment that was Anne looked at me twice during that episode. Once was that look that Angela gives. The second one was this moment you're describing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's popping. And what a ninja move by Jim, honestly, because he's like, well, I didn't actually say anything, but he doesn't. He knows it's like this is a way to almost communicate how he feels to her without having to say anything, which is what he's always wanted to do. And he kind of does it and it kind of works. And it, I don't know, at least starts stirring the drink for the casino night uh, end of that. I mean, yeah, I think like this is, I I, I love this episode so much in the way this ends uh, because I think this is, is perfect. This is, this is the kind of office that I like where, you know, they, give you like 20 percent of what you really want to like they they give you like a little bit of the resolution you really want right what we really Mm. want is jim and pam to be together we really want her to be like i don't want to be with roy i love you jim jim says i love you too they're together forever but what we get instead 
is just Pam breaks the jinx to say, I just, I miss talking to you. And then they get a, they just have a conversation in the conference room. Everything's exactly the same. She's still with mm-hmm. Roy. He hasn't confessed his love to her, but somehow it, it just feels good. The current, the current changed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about what it's just got. It got one degree warmer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's really good. It, it just feels good. I, yeah, it does. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It's just funny the way you said it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, yeah. It feels amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess I'll write that down too. Um, yeah, it Andy, feels unbelievable. Andy, aren't there some? Andy, aren't there some downsides of a will they, won't they in a sitcom? um but yes i hear what you're saying there's an there's an escalation of uh of the tension between them and it just it adds to that moment it adds to that again and again and you don't know we don't know i mean we know now because we've seen the show how many times but in your in your first viewing you don't know when jim is finally going to to say tell pam how he feels and this this is a moment where you're right on the cusp of it um but it still ends up really nicely and i think you know, just to kind of compare it, like there are a lot of um, other sitcoms that are about like complete families and the the husband and wife happen to have like nice moments at the end of the episode, that kind of thing. Um, but it just kind of returns to center. And in in this dynamic, you just have the continued escalation as you get closer and closer and closer to that moment where Jim tells Pam how he feels. And then there's all the aftermath that happens after that tension and release as the as the plot rises. Uh Jim's impressions before we move on. What do you? What did you think of him? Pretty Which good. Is his best one. The deleted scenes give we you a few, a few more. more. Uh, I thought his Angela's, Angela's his was Dwight. pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His Dwight is funny because he does like the gro- like a groundhog like he pops up. Yeah. And, looks and he's like doing it right next to him as <laughs> yeah. he's kind and then, of. And then Dwight does that. it right after. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's yeah. Really I mean, good. you know, Stanley's is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do I mean, not that, yeah. <laughs> find that funny. Mm-hmm. Right, which is what causes the jinx right there. Mm-hmm. I do not think that is funny. The best impressions are when you can do them in their nonverbal. Like, yeah, those yeah. are those are the best when you can really nail someone's mannerisms like that. Well, Pam is like, you know, he'll just be someone else, and then he goes, and she's like, "That's supposed to be Phyllis." <laughs> mm-hmm. I see it, honestly. <laughs> but it, it is fun to see, and I think like. That is a uh, one element of, of of Jim's kind of growth is like what is he, how comfortable is he joking around in the office with with all the other characters or I guess with Pam, because um, it's such a funny balance of Jim like not wanting to be there, not wanting to participate, but then like also feeling like he's having fun and joking around, um, and that happens quite a bit in season two, you know. Yeah. I wish we got to see more impressions as the show went later on. I wish we got to see a Gabe impression, I w- uh, yeah. maybe maybe alongside the impressions of everyone else. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a chow. Uh, I would have loved to see Jim do more of an Andy impression, um, a Robert Calif- maybe Robert California, um, but just the other characters mm-hmm. that come through later. I like that too. It's like an Arrested Development. We they over the course of all the seasons, you get to see everyone's impression of a chicken. Exactly of the cast. Except for Michael Sarah's, they hold that in that one episode. <laughs> they cut it right before he starts doing it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Any 
Well, I, I, so I watched a, uh, I watched a video, uh, by a guy named Wolverine on YouTube Uh-oh. analyzing oh, this boy. episode. And I wanted to get your guys' take on his opinion about something, which is like, not necessarily to say that this is a political episode, but it's, it's kind of this metaphor almost for the war on drugs in America with this sort of, uh, <laughs> Alex is rolling his eyes. Where you've got, uh, where you've got, uh, you know, this militant uh, police force in Dwight, <laughs> and then this uh, totally ignorant uh, administration in in Michael Scott. Do you uh, you find this an interesting theory? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that it rings super true for me. I uh, maybe I maybe I didn't really experience the war on drugs sort of uh, time um, yeah. strongly enough. But uh, but I don't know. I didn't, it doesn't cross my mind really when I think of this episode. Um, but I don't know. Maybe uh, I mean people let us know if if uh, if this really stands out for you. Yeah, Alex, what do you think? It doesn't. It doesn't totally track for me. Of like, Michael is an administration that doesn't know what to do. But trying to act like like I I can I can see it that it's like my like they act like they care like Michael's acting like he cares but he really doesn't he just doesn't want to be caught I I, I get that but like who's the victim <laughs> of the drugs in this in this like who's the uh... I'll give this I'll give this dude credit so you can go and watch this video uh, Wolverine drug testing season two episode twenty of the Office in review because um, uh, he gets pretty detailed about it. Like, uh, like okay. Michael is Reagan at this time. Like, you know, uh, oh, he's, represented, oh, like, okay, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, very, very much. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I think that he makes a good point too. He's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not saying that the writers are trying to like make a, make a political point here. I just think that it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know. It's almost that they were like drawing a little bit from 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 reality to <laughs> create the plot for this mm-hmm. episode. And mm-hmm. I think that that's I, I always think that that's interesting. Where did people get the ideas for these episodes? If you know, if it was actually inspired by <laughs> this is like a mini war on drugs in the office. I mean, I think it would... that's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I agree. I'm not trying to discredit it. I just it, you know it. it um... And you imagine that the the writers of the show maybe experienced it a little more, a little bit differently, and of course they bring in their own experiences to it. Like, for example, somebody writing about drug testing now would have a totally different perspective on it, I think. Right. Um, if you were to write like a comedy yeah. episode, so um, it is super interesting. It is interesting to get that additional food for thought when it comes to the show. I mean, I think we limit our analysis for the most part to kind of like what's on screen and what was kind of going on at the time mm-hmm. a little bit in the world around it. So, right. This was in '06. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. would have been this like yeah, it's like different it was time. a different, totally no, different drug culture. No then. such like, thing as legal different. recreational mm-hmm. drugs. Yeah, no, and that, that's still very much in. It's true uh, in other yeah, places, yeah, uh, for sure. And like, and th- yeah, now attitudes have changed so much that that um, yeah, like you couldn't really write this episode in that way at all. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't yeah. wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, it'd be ve- it'd be very different. Like, oh, Dwight finds some gummies. Yeah, and, take, and just, eats one. <laughs> Turns out, it's, well, think compare pot. even compare um, this episode to um, 
Here Comes Treble in season nine, mm-hmm. the Halloween episode where Dwight finds the anxiety pill on the ground and talks to Nelly about it, and he oh, doesn't yeah, have. He's got the, yeah, he has the pig nose on. Got the pig snout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a truffle, like a truffle pill. Yeah. A little pill. Yeah, what do you do? do? You do. <laughs> <laughs> like even his response there is different. And, yeah. you know, the way he interrogates Daryl and the way that Nelly yeah. kind of talks to him about, you know, it is it is interesting the way that even within the course of the show, the way that the show treats that sort of subject changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there you go. Any other favorite uh, moments? Any favorite quotes? Oh, yeah. Just a sound design moment. Um, sound sound thing I love is there's the scene when Dwight walks over to Ryan's desk after he talks with Kelly. About and ask him if he goes to parties. <laughs> the the foley or whoever, however they got the sound, but the sound of his belt, like the <laughs> clanking of keys, it sounds like when a cop moves. It's just got that weight to the <laughs> hips. Like ksh, there's a jangle yeah. of hardware and equipment. It's just like the way they film that from behind as he's walking. It's just so well done, <laughs> and I just love that sound. It's just a really really good job. <laughs> that's really good no we covered everything i don't i don't think uh much much more for me to say um but uh but no just just fantastic episode do you John? guys do you want to take a guess on who the four exceptions are to dwight liking oh, everyone he works with yes great call was, yeah well it's got to be jim jim yeah the four, the four uh, meredith that he, that he doesn't like working with right right i like the people who work with four exceptions okay jim Meredith, meredith um creed kevin or is Pam by association? I feel with like, Pam. although not yet, not yet. No, but but Dwight does say in a later episode that like something Pam did, like he's like I think Pam is delightful, oh, yeah. and I've since you know That's enjoyed true. working with her, but I'll always hate her for this. The first impression, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. He's like talking about first impressions, but mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. So it could be Pam. Could be Pam, Jim, Meredith. And I don't, do you think Kevin he has a, or Creed? Do you think he has a negative view of Meredith at this point in the show? Well, it's only two seasons later, fun run, that he's very vocally. Yeah. Well, a lot happens in two seasons of The Office. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think the, I the Christmas party's already happened at this point, so he knows. That's true. He probably knows Kelly. that she flashed Michael. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so sure. Meredith, Jim, Pam, and Creed? Creed or Kevin? I would pick Kevin. I would, Kevin. I would, I would, I would pick Kevin. Kevin before Creed. Probably right, that's, Kevin that's... is the one that he fires. Also, Toby could be in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? Toby he probably has no feeling about Toby. Toby has a much more active role in this episode, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pre the full steamroller, like, redheaded sad sack version yeah. of Toby that we get later. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of a guy doing his job yeah, in season yeah. two. We, yeah. do get a, we do get a deleted scene with uh, Toby kind of saying, like, you know, Michael is erratic. and He does uh, have erratic I, I, behavior. Yeah. yeah. Unpredictable. Like, I don't think he's doing drugs. Maybe he should to take the edge off. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that anyone should do drugs. <laughs> not, not at work, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, that's a that's a great call out right there. Uh, and then of and then I guess just wrapping up the. Oh, sorry, jeez, <laughs> the mist drops here. I'll just play that one. It kind of said I was dull. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I mean, just to wrap up the super fan analysis too, we get the deleted scene of our Vance Refrigeration guys, uh, Leo, Leo and Gino. And Gino. 
Leo tossing a joint into the parking lot. So we learn who actually did it. One of them says he hates pizza. <laughs> I, yeah, I know they flicked the joint. The, we should get a pizza. I hate pizza. <laughs> Weird. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that uh, that the equivalent of uh, Leo and Gino on our show are Alex and myself. After our episode on the warehouse, guys. <laughs> I guess you guys are. You guys really are the Leo and Gino of this podcast. Yeah, Alex. I got my one. Alex, why I do you? My why do you hate pizza so much? <laughs> just a thing. Yeah, what's to hate? And then Sean is our Bob Vance. Around age eight, I just started going for it. <laughs> Very good. I think. Uh, By the way, before we move on, okay. I just I thought. I was hoping uh, Edwin's introduction at the beginning would be, and I'm Edwin, and I'm Northern Lights Cannabis Edwin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shout like out to that. Creed for uh, calling like the strain. I remember hearing that when I saw this in high school, and it was like, Creed says that strain, and you're like, I, I didn't know what any of those words were either. It was just like, mm-hmm. no, it's marijuana. <laughs> like, I was kind of on that <laughs> yeah. side. And now when you go into like a weed store, and it's just like, oh, that totally makes sense, everything that Creed says there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Drug testing. Uh, There you have it. There you have it. (laughs) A fabulous episode and a a fabulous episode by us. Uh, We'll move on to... uh, (laughs) If I do say so. This has been a successful podcast episode. (laughs) We'll take a quick break and then we'll meet back up in the conference room. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. I took Spanish in high school, and I was pretty good at it, but I have lost a lot of that aptitude in the years that have passed. But now thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. I know for me, that's the thing that I would love to do uh, better is to just interact with people in Spanish in my day-to-day life. There's a taco stand that pops up uh, a block away from me, and uh, I speak with them in Spanish, but I really don't feel like I hold up my end of the conversation very well. So Babbel has helped me improve quite a bit there. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. And with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Just imagine if Michael had had Babbel when he was trying to learn Spanish and marking the items in the office, in his office, with the uh, international symbol for gender. SOS, locate L. That's what he says. So right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code SCOTT. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code SCOTT. Babbel. Language for life. Yo soy Ken Kun. A good manager doesn't fire people. He hires people and inspires people. And if you need to supercharge your hiring plan, you need a super hiring partner. And that's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. 
Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Scott. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash Scott to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Scott. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listen to the new Audible original, Summer in Argyle. Created and written by Nate Odenkirk and his father, Emmy Award winner Bob Odenkirk. Pop in your earbuds. Visit the town of Argyle, Ohio. It's a place that celebrates the spirit of close enough and enjoys both an annual hot dog eating contest and an annual murder. Hear about Argyle's darkest secret, the mysterious death of a magnificent bowler who never bowled and instead warmed the bench the way Argyle folk love. Explore the town's hot spots like the DMV that's also a fancy restaurant and the world's largest lost and found, or get stitched up by the local surgeon who's also a magician. Soon you'll be in stitches, from performances by a cast that includes comedy greats like David Cross, Tim Robinson, Paul F. Tompkins, and more. This is one hot dog murder comedy with everything on it. Visit audible.com slash summer in Argyle and listen now. All right, in this week's conference room, I wanted to uh, bring up something that I found recently on the Calm app, which is something that I use for meditation um, and, and different things like that. I highly recommend it if uh, if you... This is not sponsored Calm. Not, not, yeah. yeah, yeah. Better help, online, th- no. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I use the Calm app in my day-to-day life for meditations, and I noticed uh, that they have these soundscapes. I'm trying to... Um, Find other things to listen to while I while I fall asleep. Um, just trying to experiment with that, and I noticed that the, that on the call map they had uh, an office soundscape. And I know what you're thinking: soundscapes. Imagine one instant of a song expanded to be the size of the universe. Uh, but this is a little different. Um, this is uh, this is. A- I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is uh, this is the office soundscape. I just want to play you a sample. Wow, they put there's even like dialogue in it. Here, yeah, like quiet dialogue. I love that. Oh, wait. This message. Her Dwight. Oh. I love it. I love it. What do you call it? Shrewdball. How about skeet shrewding? Did you just come up with that? Mm-hmm. That is good. That's it. That's what it is. Thank you. Oh, somebody went in. But yeah, it's how huh. how long wow. is that? I have no idea. My guess is it probably just plays indefinitely. Like I mean, I, it probably like it probably to... loops at at a certain point. But yeah, uh, I'm sure. Nine but, seasons, but with you all could, the dialogue and sound taken out. There's so many quiet conversations that you could 
pepper in and then you also have long stretches of just like paper flipping and staplers clicking and mm-hmm. flipping call. and clicking baby yeah dink and flickers uh tapping <laughs> that's i wow i love that i kind of want that <laughs> you can um, have that man yeah you can um give this was that me. one give me uh, that. That's the Dunner Mifflin one. This other one's called Earthrise on the Moon. Um, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we've talked about falling asleep to the office on the show before. And uh, I think this right. is an interesting substitute where you can get some of that without, like, the theme song, which can be kind of intrusive, or some of the other, uh, well, you know, theme song. like different moments that can be a lot louder or more chaotic um, like that. But I, I, I guess mm-hmm. as an ordinary thing's... Uh, sort of segue for this. I'll use the way that Sean framed it at the beginning of the episode. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? Sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, on next week it'll be what gives you the right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do you, I mean, well, you know, I, I listened to The Office to fall asleep for years. And when I first met Ryan... Uh, my wife, we both like we kind of were like, oh my god, we both fall asleep to the office. So that was how we fell asleep for years, uh, and we kind of that kind of worst relationship ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you know. At some point, we stopped doing that, but um, I mean, certainly, like I find the, the theme song to be a little aggressive <laughs> as you're trying to fall asleep, um, and you do still get. You know the occasional screaming on the office, <laughs> yeah. and and even some occasional music. So, I like uh, I like that they've taken all these, you know, mellower parts and cut them together. That's a great idea. Great idea, Dwight. <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I I was never a um I never fell asleep to the office regularly. So I have certainly, but not not regularly. I think I'm more, I generally will just go with a podcast of a podcast. I don't really care about just whatever's a person talking to people talking. I can't do any narrative podcast to fall asleep, but just a conversational one. But that's only, I I only do that when uh, on nights when Anne is working and I'm, and she doesn't get home till like, you know, 4am or 7am or something. Yeah. Um, this is so... hardcore history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> the soldiers of Gaul. <laughs> Uh, though that was like, uh, for a while, you know, before I was, you know, in a, in a long-term relationship, it was just usually falling asleep to a basketball podcast. Uh, but I had an, also I used an app for a while called Ambio, A-M-B-I-O, which actually lets you create your own soundscapes and it has tons of sound. So, and it gives you like volume sliders for each track. So you can be like, I want a little campfire. I want a little river in the background. I want a little bit of crickets and want whatever and you can save those and so i used to fall asleep to that all the time which was just like a soundscape that matched like nice. camping or something yeah. do you I, think you could go off the walls with that and do like campfire ocean sounds rainforest dude i it's you can do they have um they have urban ambience which is like city sounds oh, I, you know for ooh, people who yeah. like live in new york and visit a relative in the country and it's like i can't <laughs> sleep without like i need like they have all that too mm-hmm. so you could put ambulance sirens in 
next to your uh, smoldering campfire sound with, I, with like a light rain if you want. <laughs> I realize that, you know, you're not supposed to do this, but I always really enjoyed falling asleep in class. That was a really <laughs> nice place to fall asleep. <laughs> And so I could definitely do with like some ambient, uh, you know, science class. Mr. Hughes talking. Yeah, about yeah. And then is your alarm clock sound the sound of a teacher waking you up? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Roney. <laughs> I'm up. Sharp a class uh, now. Uh. <laughs> I, I mean, I was I saying sure anything that... interesting? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that uh, plenty of people listening might uh, know what I'm talking about. But uh, lately, unfortunately, um, one of my ways of falling asleep is watching 100 TikToks before going to bed, <laughs> uh, which is not a helpful way to fall asleep. It's really but... good for your brain. Yeah. yeah. Right before bed. Um, but uh, but I have been getting into beer podcasts and homebrewing podcasts. And man. Those will put you right to sleep. <laughs> I believe it. I bet there's some sonorous voices on beer podcasts. Oh, it's just it's good. two sleepy dudes <laughs> talking about. I love that water podcast. chemistry. It's it's guaranteed That's to put good. you to sleep. So I, I will recommend those, even will, if you're not into beer. Uh, I also want to put in a recommendation for the podcast "Sleep with Me." Uh, oh yeah, it's that a podcast made specifically to put you to sleep and it's just a guy rambling uh he's got a creaky kind of voice and he sort of uh he just sort of talks about like he'll he's like i'm like i'm gonna get to the story in a bit too but he um, just it's an hour every episode and it's basically he'll or he'll just like he'll recap a star trek episode from memory or something and it just talks and you just immediately are sleeping it's so nice it's so good he he does something that really he he keeps being like and I'll be here, you know. I'm just gonna yeah. be here talking, and it's okay, you know. If, if you like, if you start the to next hour, he's, he says, "No pressure to listen, no pressure to fall asleep." Yeah, and you're just like, "Oh, wow, <laughs> that's funny." What that nice is man. Honestly, that kind of gives me. It's the sim, It's similar to like falling asleep in class. Like you're like yeah. you're kind of like trying to pay attention, but that's almost making yeah. you more tired. But this guy's classroom is like has beds and you're supposed to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm going to do my lecture anyways. You guys just go ahead and sleep. There's another podcast like that called Nothing Much Happens. And it's like bedtime <laughs> stories, basically, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Um, and it, it, you're, you, you, like, it made, this, this conversation made me think of what I was like playing guitar i used to play for people a little more than a lot more than i do now not that i did back then but i almost never do now um i was gonna say that was a lot yeah more. i know and you guys you and you guys know me um but i remember like every now and then when i used to play people would say like oh i would love to listen to you play while i fall asleep and like and they meant it as a compliment it did not feel like a compliment <laughs> I love your guitar player. I, mean, I, I love. Just, I would love. I just to tune out. I fall asleep. I just, yeah. I just. My mind just goes. I blank. just go right. Yeah. I just go right into that deep, deep sleep. Yeah. Um, the other. Oh, sorry, dude. No. Yeah. No wonder you didn't want to play a lot for us. Um, and then the other thing that I thought of is just kind of a funny story. On the call map again, they have sleep stories as well, and I tried it one time. And I couldn't do it because the guy who was telling the story had just like this very, 
inherently sort of dramatic way of talking. He was like, I will tell you a story about the train station. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. That won't, oh, that won't no. help. Hello. Nope. One day, the train approached the platform. <laughs> no, now, yeah. already I'm engaged. <laughs> I'm, I'm hate like, listening. Where is I'm like, this what? going? <laughs> this is about to get intense. I can tell. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it felt like a professional voice actor reading a bedtime story. You know, like yeah, that's yeah. too yeah. much. Yeah, but um, but no, I've been trying to mix it up with different ways to fall asleep, uh, and and that's kind of how I found that. So yeah, huh. I like it. Well, let us. Yeah, if if what are other let us know your non office uh, sleep sleep tips sleep habits. How are you sleeping? You sleeping okay out there? <laughs> let us know. We care about your sleep. It's important. Let us know that it is. Uh, it is. Uh, it's time for a little trivia. Let's let's do this thing. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. All righty. This week's trivia comes to us from CJ. CJ says, I wanted to give you a trivia from Dwight's friends and family compiled mm. from Junior Salesman and the farm and from our good friends at Dunderpedia. Uh, mm. Guys, this is a this is fairly simple. Uh, first, I'm going to have you name all 10 of Dwight's friends who came to the interview that Dwight has at the oh, office. Oh, that came to the interview? Yes, there are 10. Oh, Zeke. Yeah. Zeke, his cousin, yes, correct. Mose. Mose, yep, another cousin. Trevor. Trevor, Angela's hitman, yes. Eric. <laughs> That's uh, Gabor. Gabor from X-Men School. Yeah. Wolf. Wolf from Paintball, that's right. Rolf. Rolf from Company Picnic, his best friend. Nate. Nate from the warehouse. Yep. <laughs> Troy. <laughs> Troy from Ryan's Hobbit friend and drug dealer. Yep. Welcome to our land. <laughs> Sensei Ira. Sensei Ira. Wow. <laughs> Later described as a bit of a shyster. <laughs> and uh, the... Um, is One it, left. Uh, it's Dwight's um, from the dinner ba party. His babysitter... Yes. It's yeah. his it's, mom, his I, aunt. Purely I carnal. Slash. Purely carnal, I, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> purely carnal. Uh, I never caught her name, but she has one. Helga? Do you know it? I was never given a name. <laughs> <laughs> Melvina. 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 Wow, that was very good. Very that's good. really impressive, Edmund. I'm a, I would and I'm, I'm, give you a nine and a half. by it for a long time. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm glad so it came in on. handy this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> moving on to Dwight's family, I'll go. Uh, I'll go by um, family member. Okay. Okay. Uh, who is Dwight's father? Dwight Schrute. Correct. And his grandfather? Dwight Schrute. I'm gonna. His father's name is Dwight Schrute. Yes, his and then his name? great his father's oh, name. Oh, his father's. You're going great. Sorry. <laughs> his great grandfather is Dwight Schrute. Is Dwight. So Schrute. that we got three there. We got Dad Dwight Schrute, Grandfather Dwight Schrute, Great Grandfather Dwight Schrute. Mm -hmm. Um, Mother, Heta. Mm hmm. Heta. Brother, uh, Jedediah Jeb. and Zeke. 
Jeb. Jeb. Yeah. Jeb. 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 Sister. Fanny. Yeah. Correct. Uh, nephew. Oh, kid from Bridesmaid. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Kid, kid from. Uh... I don't know his name. Um, uh, Dylan. Did you catch his name? It's uh, it's uh, Cameron. Cameron. Okay. Cammy. Cammy. Uh, two cousins. Moe's. And. Alex said it earlier. Oh, Zeke. Oh, yep. Zeke. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uncle or great uncle? Honk. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. Great aunt? Goethe. I don't we know. Meet, we actually meet this character. Oh, oh, Shirley. Yes, that's right. Um, I think this is just a note here at the end. From from the NBC blogs, we learn he has two more uncles named Gunther and Gert, a cousin named Heindel, Hindel, <laughs> his maternal grandfather, Mainheim, uh, was implied to be the German soldier and potential Nazi war criminal, along with his grandmother. <laughs> uh, so I have over seventy have... cousins, each one better than the last. <laughs> uh, th- there you go. Thank you so much, CJ. Well done. That just made me think about Amish in the city. Again. <laughs> oh boy. Do you like toys and puzzles and those sort of things? No. <laughs> Uh, I got a lot of those. <laughs> that that uh, that's in reference for our cousin Mo's episode. We played that clip from Amish in the City. Yes, <laughs> it's so it's so brutal. Go check it out. Go check it out. <laughs> the most two thousands uh, reality. You like puzzles and little games and things like that. <laughs> well, I've got a lot of those. <laughs> Uh, well, there you guys have it. If you have any trivia that you'd like to send us, email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. We have a phone number, 503-694-9314. You can call us and leave us a message. We'd love to play them on the show. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. We have a store, mspcstore.com. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash michaelscott. Join us, become a, a Scott's Tot. It's $5 a month. You get ad-free main feed episodes. You get bonus Mm. episodes, mailbag episodes where your questions are exclusively answered on Patreon. Over 50 mailbag episodes waiting for you. Untouched. You've got... You be a part of like our live stuff in the future, how we did a live stream of trivia. There's just... We have our unreleased test episodes. Unreleased Mm -hmm. test episodes. From the early days of the podcast. Yeah, and you just get to be a part of a, a really cool community of people. It's it's been a lot of I fun. Know. So our our posts for like question submissions and when we post are now there's a lot more action of like people talking to each other in the comments. So come hang I'll, out in the tots. I'm <clears throat> kind of in the tot I'm basket. Ki- <laughs> <laughs> I'm I gotta say like I am blown away by like the the quality of questions that we get every mm-hmm. month and uh yeah and uh, and the quality of our discussions so go uh go be a part of that check that out uh so special thanks to our scott's tots thank you guys so much thank you for supporting us we love you thank you to ryan lloyd who designs all of our artwork uh, our theme music is recorded by 
Edwin and Alex uh, in the beginning of the episode. This episode was recorded over video chat. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us, for spending a little bit of time while we uh, shout quotes from the show at each other and and, and uh, recount things that happened in a TV show that aired 15, As you try to sleep that to aired our 15 podcast. 16 years ago. So uh, just know that we appreciate it. It's, uh, it makes doing the show even more fun. Um, just, uh, just know that we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we love you. Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the solid. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. sir. Jinx, buy me a Coke. Da-da. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.